0: Welcome to the New England Take on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com. I'm your host, A.J. Kierstead. Welcome to the third edition of the show. Last week, we had Professor Bojure at the University of New Hampshire, Franklin Pierce School of Law. He talk He discussed his... A history of working in public service as a New Hampshire public defender uh, and his work for privacy rights as a civil rights within uh, the the New Hampshire government. It was a really fascinating conversation. You can check that out if you go to com. You can check out our podcast feed. We have a Patreon set up if you want to independently support the show. also has my contact information. We're looking for advertisers to support the show, so please reach out to me. We want some long-term partnerships so we can expand the programming. Honored to be welcomed today by Katie Dobbins, who's a uh, singer-songwriter who I've worked with a few times in the past. Uh, <laughs> she was a regular guest on Granite State of Mind, which is a show I produced for several years. Jeez, I'm... <laughs> and welcome, <laughs> welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, and congratulations on the new show. This is exciting.
0: Thank you. It is. It's a blast. <laughs> And, and, and I mean, this and I'm going all over the place with this. I mean, the first the first week we had a guy who was a musician, but we then we talked about his uh, nonprofit last week. We had a lawyer and this week we're back to having a musician again. So it's really exciting for me.
1: I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um,
0: Give me the elef- elevator speech, Katie. Who who are you?
1: Oh, boy. Um. So, yeah. So I'm from New Hampshire. Originally, I was in Boston for about. I think like nine, 10 years, but I'm back to my roots now. I'm super excited to be back. It feels good. I would say my music is a mix of primarily like folk, singer, songwriter with some traditional country elements and some kind of modern pop elements here and there. And really uh, very lyric heavy. Like I would say lyrics are kind of the most important thing to me in telling a story um, in my songs. So hopefully yeah. that comes across when you listen.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's 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 really interesting seeing what musicians focus on the lyrics as opposed to um, kind of the layout of the song, stuff like that. I could definitely see that the lyrics are really important to you. I mean, has poetry and songwriting uh, from that angle been important to you for a very long time?
1: Uh, yeah, I think always. Like, it's kind of when I write songs, it's the way that I get my thoughts out. I've, I've been finding recently, within the past week, I've been writing songs about things that... I haven't thought about in years, like almost a decade maybe. <laughs> and they're just coming out now, but it feels so good to write about them and tell that story that I never told. Um, so yeah, I think it's really just about you know capturing a moment or, or getting out an idea uh, that's kind of trapped inside of me for lack of a better way of saying it.
0: <laughs> Seems like a lyrical memoir is an appropriate way to phrase it.
1: Ooh, I like that. Yes. <laughs> the songs are kind of like the diary in a way. Although, like, I don't I don't always get super personal with my songs. I'm trying to get I'm trying to dig a little deeper now with my current songwriting. So we'll see what comes up with that.
0: Do you play uh, guitar and piano, correct?
1: Yes. Does yeah.
0: one of them really help you with, with songwriting? It seems like a lot of um, singer songwriters prefer the piano for it. But I see you often with the guitar
1: it really depends on my mood, what vibe I'm going for. I actually, most songs for as long as I can remember were written with guitar. And it was only within like the past few years, I would say that I started writing on piano um, and realizing that I could do that, which is funny because piano was my first instrument, but it took me a while to like experiment with the songwriting part because I'm more classically trained on the piano. But yeah, it's been really fun and it has expanded my writing and brought it to definitely new places
0: it must add complexity because you're able to add a lot more to harmonies and melodies when when you add an instrument like that
1: yeah and the piano is just so beautiful and on guitar like I can do my basic strumming and my basic picking and stuff and you know add a little bit of rhythmic things but on the piano I can just I don't know I feel like I can do so much more and it just sounds it sounds a lot fancier than what I'm doing
2: (laughs) You know,
1: I think I'm doing something really basic and I listen back and I'm like, "Ooh, that sounds so pretty. That's
0: how it should be. It should be organic. I I mean, that's a lot of people um, assume there's like some a musician, especially a singer songwriter. I have a piece of paper like I'm going to write out. These are exactly the words. This is the melody I'm going to do and I'm going to spit it out at a microphone or something at some point. It's like, no, it doesn't work that way.
1: No, not at all. And I feel like every time I write a song, the process might be a little different. Like I don't have one structure that I use for songwriting and sometimes they come naturally just out of nowhere. And sometimes I sit down and I try to force myself to write in a new and different way. So it's really a fun career or like a fun thing to do.
0: What what I found really interesting about what you've done the last few years, it seems like you've really focused on a mix of performing but also promoting. You are, you put together a whole bunch of shows before COVID hit, that's uh, has been the recurring theme of, of mm-hmm. everything the last uh, little over a year now, but um, it's, it's really interesting to see you go all over New England with various artists. I mean, how, what was it like acting as that kind of mix of promoter and a musician?
1: It's a lot, to be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, you wear a lot of different hats as an independent artist in this industry, Um, But you also learn a lot and it's nice to have control over my own story and kind of what I'm putting out there. So there's two sides of it. It's very hard sometimes, but it's also fun. And um, yeah, yeah, it's fun. And I feel like in terms of performing with other artists, it's just so much more fun. to like go to Vermont and try to play with someone who also is from that area or who wants to play there it just makes it really fun and then I get so inspired by other independent musicians on the local scene anyway so it's kind of like a front row seat to all my favorite yeah, you get, <laughs> people who are doing this with me so I love that um, and it's a business like I think like you said people have this image of singer songwriters and you know I I often think people just picture me like rolling around in a field with my guitar or something (laughs) and like (laughs) that's like part of it but then the other part is you know really you do have to think strategically because there's so much out there there's so much going on so how like how do you get people's attention and that's an interesting thing to think about
0: and when you're putting together a show like that you got to pick musicians that are going to have kind of a similar theme more or less if you want to get a larger audience and i mean you're i love the faith and band come to granite state of mind a couple times but they're very loud it's a full band i mean even faith when she's on her own i wouldn't necessarily put her in the the same sort of show that you or walker smith or someone like that would go together priscilla
1: yeah. And you want to give the audience an experience that they'll enjoy too. So it really benefits everyone. If I'm, you know, we benefit from each other's audience, but also the audience has a good time because they kind of know, okay, if I like Katie Dobbins, I'm probably going to like whoever she brings on stage with her. Cause I'm going to bring someone on stage who hopefully, you know, kind of resonates. We resonate with each other's stuff and sound not the same. Cause we don't want to have the same experience, but you know, sound a little bit different, but also kind of go together. But that's, but booking is fun. And I've met so many artists just by booking shows with them and like who have become good friends of mine too. So it's really a (laughs) win-win.
0: All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about going full-time into music and your backgrounds and the importance of family. Uh, religion obviously plays a big role in your life, and we're definitely going to touch upon that. Or right, you're listening to The New England Take on WKXL, 1450 AM, one three point nine FM, and nhtalkradio.com. Check more out from the show at thenewenglandtake.com. We're also posting videos of all the shows. If you go to our Facebook page, it's The New England Take, and we'll be right back after this.
2: Take your foot off the clutch, easy now. Take that transmission down. I'll take you all over town in this wrangly place. Crown, put your foot on the gas, easy now. Turn up that radio sound We're singing all over town In this wrangling, topless crowd.
0: Welcome back to the New England Take on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kirstead. New England Take is a weekly show that takes place on Fridays at 6 p.m. This week, we are joined by Katie Dobbins, who's a singer-songwriter and... the last, uh, the last segment we were talking about just music in general and her work promoting and uh, putting songs together. Was the very the process a lot more than anything else. But this time I'd love to dive into. You decided to go full time into music. I mean, what was that decision like?
1: That decision is one that I've been toying with for so long, and it felt like it felt hard because I also was. I have a career in teaching, and I've been doing that for nine years i think around a little over nine years and i'm i was passionate about that and i'm passionate about music so there was that struggle and then there was also this i had this deep desire to really just commit to this and see where this could go you know with my music and and everything and it really is a full-time job like there's when you're an independent artist there's so many aspects and like we said before you wear so many different hats so you really you fill the days pretty quickly and um and I really wanted to see what would happen if I actually took this leap and just went all in and really poured my heart and soul into this but it felt like this insurmountable mountain like it felt like a distant dream that I liked to think about but kind of was always teasing me like yeah but I could never really do that And now that I've done it and I've actually taken the jump, it seems silly that I felt that way because I'm like so excited and I feel so free and I just feel so, I don't know, kind of empowered and like just so excited about what's potentially gonna happen.
0: I mean, it takes a lot of time to put everything together it's I mean, like we we talked about in the last segment again it was the process takes a lot you got to be able to focus you can't be distracted by 15 million different things to to write songs and to really write good songs i mean to be honest i mean anybody can just throw out some random song if you know how to play guitar yeah. and sing a bit to put something together that people actually want to enjoy listening to that you can perform on a regular basis and expand your library i mean that that's full time on its own let alone the whole making a business out of it
1: right exactly and you have to write so much to have a wide enough selection to pick what's actually good <laughs> and i find now that i'm doing this full time and it's all i'm focusing on i really get to write so much more and now that i've been sitting down to intentionally write more often my inner muse and like spirit is so happy and is like great let's write and sometimes something really just not good comes out and that's fine. And I'm like, okay, well, I just spent a couple hours on this song that I'm probably never going to play anywhere, but it's all part of the process. And I just think it opens you up creatively and you have to be okay with not everything I write is going to be a keeper or something that I should share with the world kind of thing.
0: But you like still have to write. It's not like anything. It's just like anything else where I I do a, t- a lot of photography where I throw away 95% of the photos I take.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I've been doing podcasting and radio and newscasts and stuff for for several years now, and I don't want to listen to what I did. Two years ago, on my yeah. first <laughs> legal podcast, so I did that, it's like I didn't know anything about I have conversing about the law. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. Um,
1: it's but it's still out music. there, which is funny. Exactly, it's which is there.
0: horrifying. It's, it's. I feel like with yeah. musicians, you can you can eventually sort of phase out stuff. Um, as a content creator it's not necessarily the case and it's kind of the the odd place musicians are in where everything's now digital you can't just ignore that albums like if people yeah. can still get it on Spotify and such
1: and you could take it down but for me i feel like it's all part of my story i mean even old youtube videos that are super cringy i'm like yeah but that's part of my story like you have to start somewhere and I don't know. I think it's important to honor where you came from just as much as you honor where you are and where you're going. So I, but yeah, I totally get it. Like sometimes I listen to old stuff and I'm like, I thought that was good (laughs) or even stuff that I had written in high school. And I, when I would play it out, I thought I was like, Oh my God, like this song is lyrically genius. And I look at my songbook now and I'm like, wow, that's cringe.
0: (laughs) I feel like you're jumping into full time into music at both, the worst and best time. <laughs> the, the, yeah. inf- the the infrastructure is really there now. People, especially from the last year with everyone being stuck in, options like Patreon, which you're in, which I'd like to have you talk about how you're utilizing that. Um, the digital audience is a little more captive still. I, I think they <laughs> s- still will be on and off for the next six months. So it's awesome for all that end of things. But... Venues are closed, so anything outside of the digital world is a whole other can of worms that's slowly starting to open up. New New Mm -hmm. Hampshire's taking a lot of big steps. Massachusetts is probably going to be back and forth for a long time, which is where a lot more venues really are. Uh, How do you feel about that uh, equilibrium you got to reach?
1: Well, in terms of is this a good time, yeah, I feel like it's both good and not good. In a way, for me, it's working out really nicely because it's giving me time to... I I took a lot of time in the beginning just to really reflect on like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? What kind of artist do I want to be? I mean, I've thought about these things because I've been doing this for, like you said, a a long time before I made the leap into full time. But now it kind of feels like I'm not starting over, but it feels like a new chapter. So I took a lot of time to like make a business plan, come up with some goals, like decide what my values are and like what I hope to do with my music career. Um, and so it was nice to have that time and not feel like we said, booking and touring is a whole other like element that is so fun, but also very time consuming part of this industry. And so it was actually kind of nice to be able to step back and not have the pressure of wait, but I also need to be booking shows and blah, da, 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 da. I, have, I feel like I have time to get my ducks in a row. Kind of figure stuff out, really set up my um, music as a business um, rather than, you know, I think I've always looked at it as a business, but now even more so now that it is my full time gig.
0: <laughs> I'm having terrified so. flashbacks for me thinking this show was a good idea two months ago. <laughs> <laughs> and then I needed to do the same exact thing. Go, oh, I gotta like find advertisers. I gotta get the whole image of the show. I gotta book guests. I gotta get book guests on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, it's the same I mean, thing. there's a couple ways to do it, and I've done both. Like I've, when I first started in music, I just leapt in. I had no plan. I had never played a live, a real live show outside of an open mic, and I was like, I'm making a record. You know, which is kind of backwards, but I I like doing things that way, too. But this time it felt really like, okay. I also needed time to get back into my creative writing, because honestly, during this whole past year with the pandemic, I felt so uninspired. I felt so kind of just like it was just a lot to take in. And so it took me a little while after making this jump to actually just like rediscover my own (laughs) creativity and artistry and then once i did now it just won't leave me alone keeps me up all night which i'm so grateful for (laughs) but yeah so so it's i feel i feel like it's a good time um and then once things do open up i will be so excited to get out there and play live again
0: what's the starlight lounge
1: the starlight lounge is my take on a patreon page um so basically my little home studio that i have set up here is called the starlight recording studio and i will try to show you that sign (laughs) um that's a sign i've actually had since like high school so i am putting it to new life and so everything that i produce out of here is from starlight productions you know i'm trying to just have fun with where i'm at right now and so when i thought about what i wanted to do with patreon i really wanted to build something that inspired me that i was excited to you know interact with and be part of and i wanted to build a community of people who were also excited to be on the platform so i was like all right let's make this fun and i love a good theme as you probably know about me aj (laughs) so um (laughs) i was like all right it's the starlight lounge and so that's what i'm calling it it's kind of like a virtual i don't want to say a virtual venue i mean it kind of will be when i do exclusive live streams and stuff but I don't know it's a virtual community
0: I mean the branding helps I mean the branding community is everything when it comes to this I mean, the YouTubers really figured this out about four or five years ago I want to say and if it's slowly starting to make it into other industries <laughs> which should have utilized it forever ago I feel like m- music is the perfect if you've got a, a decent quiet place where you can do it it's it's the perfect ecosystem for it
1: yeah and i love i love branding and all that kind of stuff and like you started this with i like marketing and thinking about okay i created this now how am i gonna get people to engage with it and like what is gonna kind of make them think it's cool i like all of that so it was fun and it's a fun theme because my sophomore album is called there is light so i felt like it was kind of just another chapter taking the light theme to the next step.
0: Where are you hoping to see it go with Patreon?
1: I really am hoping to kind of be able to produce things out of the Starlight Lounge slash recording studio that are very much me, but also being able to take my fans or people who are members of the Starlight Lounge on that journey with me and kind of get inspiration from them so for example the first kind of project that i plan to do is right now anyone who joins the lounge during the month of april gets to be in my music video for my new single so we'll be creating a video together which i think we can do in a really interesting way and it'll be so much better than just watching me like mouth words to a song that I'm singing. Oh, the lip synced
0: Um, videos. Yeah. So I
1: want to do more stuff like that. Like I want to, you know, and then the next goal. So you have for Patreon, you have goals for you know, I have, okay, when I get to 25 people, I'll do this when I get to 50 people. So my next goal after that is to actually write a song produced by ideas from members of the Starlight Lounge. So I want to create stuff that like, I'm going to, I'll do other stuff too, but I also want to create stuff that literally wouldn't have existed otherwise without kind of the support of my community and my fans. I just think it's a fun way to, to bring everybody together.
0: How do you feel like your social media, the social media side of it has, uh, is important to how this is gonna progress?
1: Social media is such an interesting thing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like it's interesting to think about, okay, what do I post on social media versus what do I post in the lounge versus what do I send to my email list? Where do different things live? How do you keep it consistent branding but also make it different enough that people want to be following you and going on this journey with you on multiple platforms. So I think about that a lot. And I think of social media as kind of the, especially Instagram, Facebook is all about Facebook ads now. So like, if you're not paying, I I won't, I won't go down my (laughs) road with that, but Instagram, I feel like you can grow, um, and you can still kind of discover new music and new people and of your community. And Instagram is where I just sort of like post a lot, like everywhere, everything. I don't know if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Whereas people, pay- people need to understand that. I mean, you're, you're fighting the algorithm, you're fighting the yeah. paid incentive that a lot of these platforms have. And it is like for my photography, like, I've got an Instagram's AJ Kirst where I post a lot of it's, Around Concord and uh, architecture and street photos and stuff, and e- every six months, all of a sudden the algorithm will change, and I'll get no no new followers at all. I don't I, change a single thing. I'm doing the same exact thing. I'm posting on a regular basis, and it doesn't matter. The entire, th- it, just the ecosystem changes because of the algorithm. Facebook very much will go through bursts where they only want the paid. And yeah. if you don't have the proper community engagement, you're host without right. investing financially.
1: It's interesting as a musician, too, because I am my music but I'm also me, but it's like all the same. So I only have one Instagram profile. So I think a lot too about, there's a couple of things. One is, you know, I don't want to inundate people with so much information and post so often that people are like, you're so annoying. (laughs) But like you said, you never know who's seeing what. And so I figure if you don't want to see it, you'll just scroll and I'm just going to post and live my life. And then it's also balancing What am I posting that's music content to get people to like hear what they wanna hear. Presumably you're following me because you like my music, you wanna hear my songs. So I wanna be posting music. I also wanna be posting not music. Like I wanna kind of show you glimpses into my personal life because that's a big part of my story too. So it's really interesting thinking about that balance with social media. And also the great thing about social media is you can follow all kinds of people for free and really get inspired by what they're doing. And then as the algorithm and patterns change, you can kind of try to keep up by being like, okay, well, how is this person finding success right now? And so I do a lot of that too.
0: All right, we're going to take am
1: I, you know, I certainly haven't arrived with social media, but that's my current strategy. <laughs> All
0: right, we're going to take another break. You're listening to The New England Take on WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com. Check out more from the show at thenewenglandtake.com. Katie, give a quick plug. Where can people check out The Starlight Lounge?
1: Uh, they can go to bit.ly B-I-T slash the Starlight Lounge. Um, each word has a first capital letter. It's also, you can just go to my website and it's like right there at the top. My website is katiedobbinsmusic.com.
0: All right, we'll be right back after this.
1: Wake up again in the same
2: old place. Get yourself ready for the same old day. Moving along at the same old pace. You're telling yourself that you like it that way. This routine is wearing thin, but sometimes in life it's just easier to blend in. That's what you tell yourself to keep on going. You're searching and running away from the truth. You're trying to hold on to someone else's news. You're dying to just step out of your shoes. All because you're frightened by the.
0: Welcome back to The New England Take on WKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. Check out more from The New England Take at thenewenglandtake.com. We have a Patreon where you can get the show a day early, and we're going to start setting up uh, monthly live streams to just chat about the different shows we've had through the month, and uh, whatever, I don't care. We'll talk about whatever you want. What, what you had for dinner, whatever. <laughs> All right, we're joined by Katie Dobbins today. She's a singer-songwriter. She's got a new uh, community she's building with the Starlight Lounge, which is on Patreon. And she's got Facebook and the whole nine yards. So definitely check her out. And we're going to continue the conversation. The first first segment was on uh, the prop music writing process and being a working musician and that, that end of the game. Second segment, we discussed uh, building an online community, how to use the current resources that are available in 2021 and how working around COVID really impacted her as an artist. All right. We're going to go back though. We're going to go back to the kind of theme of the first segment. I want to go back to you and um, how you came to be who you are when it comes to music and your life. I mean, in general, I mean, family obviously played a very important role to you. Uh, first time you came to the station, your dad was there and went yeah. through the window watching you the whole time. I mean, he still like your does parents, that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like your parents are super supportive of what you're doing.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I couldn't be more grateful. I mean, they're, they couldn't be more over the moon that I'm doing this full time and it feels really, really good to have their support. I know that's not always the case um, for different people. So I really do feel very lucky to have them.
0: And I mean, did they influence your getting into music from when you were a child or anything like that?
1: I mean, my parents were like super parents. They signed me up for everything I did figure skating, I took piano lessons, I was on the soccer team. I was just one of those kids that like did everything imaginable because they really wanted they felt it was really important that I tried everything and had a chance to really figure out what it is that stuck and what I wanted to do. So, I definitely soccer did not stick. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, they put me in piano lessons from a very young age. We, we got a free piano when I was like five or something in our house. So I used to bang around on it. Um, we would drive around with no radio because it was broken in the car. And so we would just make up songs and stories. So I feel like it's sounds silly, but those are such formative years that I really was learning how to like tell a story in a song um and then yeah i mean even in high school when i was in musical theater and stuff they would come to every show they would volunteer i mean super involved so i'm very inspired also by the love of my family i've written a, quite a few songs about different people in my family including my parents so yeah i would say they're a big big part of who i am
0: and starting music that early it's tremendously helpful i bet as a musician it's it- I mean, you're young. I won't say your age. Thank you. <laughs> um, but that to really have that in your formative years is tremendously important to be able to to develop sooner as you, when you when you're an adult to be able to write better songs to really understand the structure and it's just in the back of your head like it's second nature.
1: Yeah, exactly. I feel like I can't remember a time where I wasn't just like musical somehow, whether that was just walking around the house singing and not even realizing it, like music just always is in my mind. It's always coming out of me, but that is different than what the point you just brought up. Then you reach a point where you start thinking, okay, so like the musicality is there. I love this. It comes naturally, but now there's another level that I want to dig into, which is the actual craft of songwriting and am I communicating effectively? Um, And there is like an endless amount of, things to learn regarding that so then it gets exciting in a totally different way
0: (laughs) I mean what was I mean was there a moment when it really broke through where how to develop that musicality to into songwriting and putting together something that's actually um, you can go up on stage and perform
1: I can't think of a defining moment but I will say that I used to just assume that if I wrote it and I like it, then other people will like it too. I now have learned, you know, there's actually a lot of science behind songwriting and there's a lot of, um, you know, methods that people use to really hook the listener. It's really a fascinating industry. I've gone to a lot of different workshops or, you know, music conferences and, you know, you learn from the best. Like you watch people submit songs and you watch people critique them you start submitting your songs you get them critiqued you have to be you have to have thick skin and you have to want to grow more than you want people to like you or like your music um and so i feel like i got to that place pretty quickly which i'm really grateful for because i mean yeah it always stings if someone doesn't love your song right away but i would rather have those conversations and grow as an artist than to be like stuck on a song because I wrote it and I feel a certain way about it. And I, I think that's crucial if you're going to be in this industry, but it's also a balance because there's the methodical strategic side of songwriting, but you also don't want to lose the passion and the musicality and you don't want everything to be cookie cutter. So I feel like I'm always kind of trying to find that balance um, and keep like, stay true to my authentic, Musicality, too.
0: Kind of going off of what you said in the last segment about your, the way you handle social media is your personal life's there, too. And you're you when people see your music profiles, too. And something that's a common theme that I've seen you post about multiple times is religion and God. I mean, what sort of role do you feel like that plays into uh, your music?
1: I mean, it's everything. Like the, relationship that I have with God is the only reason that I am doing this because I did have a moment years ago where I felt like very strongly, like he was calling me back into music. And this was at a time in my life where I wasn't thinking about being a musician, wasn't thinking about being a songwriter. I kind of viewed it as like a, that was fun when I used to write songs kind of thing. And I felt like really, really called to come back to it. And so I really don't think that I would have even begun this journey without it. So that is there. And then I do write a lot of songs. I would say some of my songs are very faith inspired, but they're not always explicit. Like they could probably be interpreted either way. Um, and then Those recently... are
0: the best kinds.
1: <laughs> Thanks.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> whenever the, the the musician goes ha- hardcore this is a big issue really in the 90s and early 2000s with religious <laughs> artists where they just went whole hog into God, 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 God every two seconds and then you lose your audience. And when yeah, it's more there... organic it, it really comes across and you're going to really reach a lot more people.
1: Right. And there's got to be room for both I think and for me like i I don't know the the spiritually the spirituality of it and the the way that i feel when i'm in the presence of god and writing a song inspired by that is that's what i want to convey and like i think that there's probably a lot of ways that people kind of feel that when they're listening and they might not feel it the same way that i felt it when i wrote it and i'm okay with that um i have recently started Dipping my toe into like more explicitly worship music, mm-hmm. um, but right now it's sort of just a a new genre. I would say that I'm kind of learning and digging into.
0: Yeah, it's a different thing. I mean, um, you you do you always go to church growing up, and what sort of musical influences did the songs of your church impact uh, what you write?
1: I we were pretty much. I I mean, I got baptized at a young age. I think I was eight. Yeah, I was eight. I know I was eight. <laughs> I think I was eight. <laughs> it
0: was maybe eight one day.
1: <laughs> and I appreciated that. Like, my parents really felt like it was important that I made that decision. Um, and I, I loved going to church when I was little. We didn't go that consistently, though. But I have memories of being like, Mom, come on, let's go. So I never really was... I've talked to a lot of people. Their experience was they were dragged to church against their will. That is not my experience. So um, I don't know if that's part of it, but I've just always really loved going. And but I would say growing up, we were pretty much like Easter, Christmas, some special occasions, you know, that's when we would go to church. And it wasn't until I was in college that I started finding my own kind of like faith community where we would go pretty regularly on Sundays. And then not until my twenties did I, was I ever a member of a church and like started singing with the worship team on Sundays. So it was really later in life. I would say that I started being super involved in like the musical aspect of that. Although I, there are a lot of really good nineties <laughs> worship bops <laughs> that I still like will roll through my mind sometimes. Um, but in worship music, I love the build like I love the I love the kind of magic that they create musically and they build especially those bridge builds that are really common in the contemporary, you know, worship music that's popular right now. I have a couple songs where I sort of do a little bit of that, not quite, not in like the same epic way <laughs> that they do, but I would say that that kind of musicality has inspired some of my more recent writings
0: what are you finding is the future of the the type of music you write are you seeing a change now that you've gone full-time all the influences that um, have impacted you in your life where where is your music going do you feel like
1: that is a great question i don't have a, a solid answer but i will say i really like dipping my toe in a lot of different genres and i hope to do more of that Um, And my writing recently has been a little more personal, a little more like, I would say like my last album had a lot of songs that were kind of positive and general messaging about like, hey, there is light, believe things are going to get better. And there's some personal stuff too, whereas my newer stuff that I'm writing, it digs a little bit deeper, which is interesting for me because I'm usually more private with those kinds of songs, so I don't know. It has a little more like poppy elements in some of it. I don't know, AJ. We'll just see. Like, come along for the journey. Follow me and see where it goes.
0: <laughs> definitely. Great lead in. So, where, where do people, uh, I mean, I'm really fascinated by your Starlight Lounge and where that's going. So, definitely people should check that out. I'm going to put links on uh, the blog post and the podcast description. Thanks. So, check that out. Where do people check it out and kind of give a little bit of a summary of your tears?
1: Yeah. So if you go to my website, katiedobbinsmusic.com, there is a button right there at the top of the page. It says join the lounge and you'll click that. It'll bring you right there. Um, I offer some different tiers that you can join at. And it. I basically, the typical Patreon model is like the higher tier you join, the more you get for your money, basically. I didn't do that because I really want, people in the lounge because they want to be in the lounge. So it's really a very kind of contribute what you want type model right now. So I think my levels are two, five, 10, I don't know, 25. I I think I'm missing one, but (laughs) there's five levels. You can pick your level of contribution, but no matter what, you get the same access as everyone else. So basically for $2 a month um, or $24 over the year, like the price of a ticket to a show, Uh, You can get access to everything that I post in the lounge, all the exclusive content and really being part of the new things that I hope we create together.
0: And you're supporting a musician directly, which is the really nice piece about uh, supporting a Patreon as opposed to a show where maybe they're getting paid. (laughs) it's so true everyone's
1: like everyone's like you can't do live shows right now though how are you making money and i'm like oh honey i don't
0: (laughs) you have no no idea buddy (laughs) so definitely sport katie i'm gonna put all the links in the episode description thank you so much for joining me for the show today
1: Thank you, AJ. It's so fun catching up with you.
0: It's great talking to you, too. You're (laughs) listening to The New England Take on WKXL 1450 AM, 103.9 FM, and nhtalkradio.com. Learn more about the show. Figure out how you can advertise on the show and join the community at com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter if you look for New England Take. Last week's episode with Buzz Sure is posted, and you'll be able to check out this show on demand also. Uh, Please join the community, subscribe uh, with the show. My goal is I'd love to be able to go a couple days a week on this also, and... um, I look forward to bringing everyone along with me we're going to go out on one of Katie's songs right here we'll catch you next week we're Fridays at 6pm talk to you then
2: when the night is dark and quiet I look up and see you smiling your eyes remind me that we're still shining no matter where